in a year that has been so improbable, the impossible has happened. A shot on Elo. Good! The Bulls win! You know what time it is. The most amazing, sensational, dramatic. And this is the Mormon. Guys, how are you doing today? Great. Oh, good, I'm good. glad to hear. I'm no, no, to hear I was, that. Yeah. Mitch, I was talking to them. I was not yeah. talking to you. <laughs> no, I know. I was, I was no. with you. I was with you on that. <laughs> yeah. No. Welcome to the Sports Hour. Another week. Another uh, fun episode today talking about NFL. As always, interesting stuff going on. We're getting, we're what, six weeks in? So we're you know we're things things are starting to shape up in the NFL. You can kind of see what teams are there, what teams aren't. We're gonna get into that uh, today, but uh, as well, kind of give you a recap of last week's games. I, I not not a lot of noteworthy things, but a huge matchup. I think the biggest thing is obviously the Kansas City New England matchup. Um, definitely well, the big one. And let's not let's not overlook the almost upset of the week, the Niners Packers game on Absolutely. Monday night. Um, let's not overlook that matchup because that was a killer game. Yeah, absolutely. And I had I I had the Niners in that game. That was my pick. That was my upset of the week. And I was close. I don't actually feel bad about picking the Niners. Kind of went out on a limb there, but it uh they, they made me look pretty good, I guess. So <laughs> Yeah. CJ Bethard made you look almost like a genius. Almost I know, made right? you look like a genius. Almost genius is about right for me, I think. I'm just like not there, but you know. Yeah, maybe right. maybe in a, maybe in a, in, a, in a perfect world. But anywho, guys, uh, yes, NFL week six. We're going to get into it. Give you our week seven picks and more coming up on the sports hour. So, Mitch, shall we uh, shall we get into the news then? Yeah, um, let's get into the news. All righty, let's start off with a retirement that we had in the NBA this last week. Richard Jefferson, formerly of the New Jersey Nets, the of the formerly of the former New Jersey Nets. <laughs> right. <laughs> the Milwaukee Bucks, San Antonio Spurs, the Golden State Warriors, Utah Jazz, Dallas Mavericks, Cleveland Cavaliers, and Denver Nuggets has finally retired after 17 years. A guy that we grew up watching, Dallin. Yeah. Um, and the NBA was kind of one of the big stars or personalities um, in the 2000s NBA. But finally retired after 17 years. Um, he is actually going back. He's not leaving basketball for good. He is going back to work for the Brooklyn Nets as an analyst. Um, but that, yeah, Richard Jefferson retiring after 17 years in the league. Yeah, talking about a great uh, veteran presence. I mean, you look at some of his stats, and I don't remember, you know, this level of performance, but averaged 22 points a game twice with the Nets. Averaged, you know, for a long for a long stretch there, he was 18 points a game, 22, 19, 16, 22, 19. So he had about six years there 
uh, with the Nets and then kind of getting into his his year with Milwaukee where he was he was a co- very good contributor. Uh, played really well. Didn't make an all-star game. Uh, won the one finals with the Cavs in 2016. And uh, I, I know for sure went to the finals with the Nets. Uh, I think that was his rookie year he went uh, when they lost to the Lakers. Yes, but uh, I, I don't know how many other finals. But you mentioned a lot of teams he played for. A lot that I I didn't remember he played for Utah. Didn't remember he played for Milwaukee. I mean, he played well, for some we random were, teams. We were talking about this too. Like there, he could have won like three or four finals had he caught the teams at the right time. He yeah. got the, the <laughs> literally. He played for the Spurs right before and right after they started winning finals again. Yep, yep. He played for Golden State. Literally a couple of years before they started their torrid run, he played for Utah right before they got good. Yeah, he caught Cleveland at the right time, and he did. He did. He's retiring right when Denver's starting to get good. So it's yeah. I mean, <laughs> he's got interesting timing on that for sure. Yeah, you know, I I always have a I always have a fond memory of Richard Jefferson when uh, when Caitlin and I lived in Cleveland the year they won the finals. We went to the parade and. There was a lot of rumors about him retiring after that season because that was, I you know, fifteen years in the NBA, and uh, he kind of, you know, at that point where he'd won a finals. I mean, that's a great way to go out, you know, winning the finals and in the parade when he when when he showed up, you know, in his car or whatever. Every we all just started chanting like one more year, like, and you could just see on his face like how cool that was that we all wanted him back for a year, and then obviously he came back for more than one year, but I'll always have that memory of Richard Jefferson. Like just like, I don't know. I just, he's just a great player, great guy, just a solid, uh, a solid person. I don't know. I just have great memories of, of Richard Jefferson. So happy for him and, uh, hope his, I'm sure his analyst career, his, his TV career will go great. So, Oh yeah, absolutely. He's a personality. So he's, he's gonna, he's gonna do just fine. I think in front of a camera. Yeah. <laughs> so Dallin, we also got some rookie contracts done. We do, yeah, yeah, yeah. We have quite a bit. So rookie extensions. Uh, we're we're gonna get into a few of these. Just kind of mention what happened, what didn't happen. This is courtesy of the Ringer. Uh, they they did this article on the fifteenth of October, so a few days few days ago. Uh, so some of the the big ones, the easy ones we already knew about was Carl Anthony Towns, Devin Booker got their supermax five year contracts. Great, I mean obviously they're the cornerstones of their franchises, so makes sense. Uh, the one shocker out of the group that didn't get one was Christoph Porzingis. Uh, no deal for him yet. Uh, obviously they're. They they could still sign him to an extension, so it's not like he's going to become a free agent or anything. But uh, it does free up about $10 million in cap space next summer, which we're going to talk about this when we get into the NBA next episode. But the Knicks really want to use that space for a certain for, – for a superstar and in particular a certain superstar. So that's kind of, I think, why he didn't get his extension yet. But it is inevitable. I, I can't see the New York Knicks not wanting Kristaps Porzingis uh, as a future of their team for them, obviously. And then we have some of the lower, low-key ones. We got three guys. Miles Turner for the Pacers signed a four-year, $72 million extension. Bonuses could raise it to $80 million. I think that's a pretty fair contract if it gets up to the 80 million you're looking at 20 year 20 mil a year um and yeah i think i think that's a pretty fair contract pay that guy because he's going to be the most improved player in the nba this year 
Really? Oh, oh, look at that, Mitch. I love it. I love it. I, they need him. If the Pacers really going to make that step into the top of the East, uh, they're going to they're going to need Miles Turner uh, to to kind of make that leap. So, hey, I, I love it. I love it. Yeah. We'll talk about that. If you guys don't know, the next episode after this is going to be our NBA awards predictions. And we're going to get into players like most improved, MVP, etc. Kind of break down some more NBA stuff. So look forward to that. Sorry, spoiler alert. Spoiler anyway. alert. It's all good. I love it. Um, <laughs> Justice Winslow with the Heat got his extension three years, $39 million. Uh, It's significantly less than what you know some of the other guys got. Uh, but 13 mil a year for him, I think is pretty good. He's been at times, I think a very good player and you can see the potential in him, but has had some injury issues and not, uh, hasn't quite got there yet. So I think 13 mil about fair for his value and gives him a three years. Uh, he's not locked into a five year where he's not making a lot of money. So in three years from now, if he's really up to that level that he can get to, then he can get his 25 mil plus, you know, big contract after sure. that and then larry nance larry nance jr and the Cavs, uh four years 45 million dollar extension uh i think that's great i think that's good value for him it's about 11 mil a year uh which you're not overpaying for nance it's a it's a contract you could trade it's a tradable contract to clear some space if needed in the future uh but good value for a young player who i think has a lot of potential so what did you think of those three guys in particular the the larry nance one sticks out to me the most and it's because that there's so much flexibility with that contract they're they're able to offload it into a trade and i think that's probably what they might have been thinking going into it is that he's a very serviceable player and a tradable asset so if you if you structure his contract and and pay him an amount that other teams are going to be willing to take on. He is going to be a much more attractive trade piece and maybe getting an upgrade at that position. So um, that's the one that sticks out to me the most, I think. Yeah, you know, it's – and that's something to look for. When you you sign a guy to a contract, you you want to make sure you have the flexibility – Uh, to not get stuck with that contract. You look at, you know, when the boom happened and you had guys like Mozgov and Luol Deng make uh, Bismarck Biombo get 20 mil a year and nobody could trade those. Ryan Anderson, another great example, just got traded. But you can't trade that $20 million a year contract for like an average bench player. So you, you, you want value, but you also want flexibility. I think they got, I think all these deals got that with these young players. Sure. Um, So I, I think that was key. Um, a few guys that didn't get deals. So what happens with these players is they will become restricted free agents, which means that other teams can offer uh, a contract to these players next summer, but their team will be able to match that offer and keep them if they desire, or they can let them go. So team still has a little bit of control there. So Terry Rozier, no deal. Uh, but I, I think it wouldn't be surprised if he does get one with the with the Celtics just because of how valuable he's been and the injury issues that Kyrie has had, especially in the last year. Uh, Kelly Oubre for the Washington Wizards and DeLon Wright for the Raptors uh, didn't get deals as well. And Bobby Portis for the Bulls uh, didn't couldn't, couldn't couldn't reach a deal yet. So, like I said, all will hit restricted free agency. Guys that these teams might hold on to, might not, depending on how this year goes. It kind of just gives the team another year to evaluate the player. They're not, you know, they're not buying in yet, maybe, but it gives them the control next summer if they do have a good season and say, all right, we, we do want to bring this guy back. Let's just get it done. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that, I think that's 
either either strategy with signing young guys like that, I think, is an acceptable one. Um, if you want to lock up a young guy like a Larry Nance, um, but still have the flexibility to move him or or, or trade him and uh, have other teams feel accepting of taking on that contract. And then also, on the flip side, not offering someone that contract and, and really leaving it up to negotiation with other players to see if they or with other teams to see if they, they can get paid that way. So right. um, either strategy is both. Both works out great. But Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, think, I think it's good. And I think teams are so wary. After the, the cap hike a few years ago and you had all these terrible contracts, I think teams are very weary of paying guys big contracts, knowing how hard it's been for certain teams like the Lakers or the Rockets or other teams to offload these big contracts because they're so... That these guys are getting way overpaid, and nobody wants well, to take on that money. I mean, we saw the same thing in baseball when when their cap started to raise up. I mean, it was unheard of for a guy to make a hundred million dollars a year, and everyone was very cautious and very nervous to give out any sort of deal, even entertaining the fact that you can make a hundred million dollars in a season or over the length of a contract. I mean, right. now we're talking about Bryce Harper potentially making four hundred million dollars. Over, yeah, yeah, over, over like a ten year span 10 or something. Years, yeah, forty yeah. million a year, which is what Bobby or what um, Larry Nance is going to be making throughout the whole length of his contract. About right, so it's like yeah, so they're they're going to get past. I think that that tibbiness eventually. Um, do we overplay? Do we overpay athletes? Sure, absolutely, of course, but, of course. But um, it, you know, it's it's also a business, and so I think that tibbiness, that timidness is going to eventually go away and guys are going to be able to are going to feel a lot more willing to pull the trigger on someone and giving them yeah, a big well, contract. Well, and I think you look at guys like Carl Anthony Towns and Booker who did get the big contracts, who did get the 5-year 150 sure. yeah. million or the 5-year 190 million. I mean, they're getting their they're getting the money, you know, and those are the surefire guys, but when you get in the guys like Larry Nance, like Miles Turner, good, still have potential but don't know how it's going to shake out, that's where the fear comes of Okay, do we invest the money and do we put our chips in on this guy and say he's going to be worth this twenty million or worth more than the twenty million in four years, or do you hesitate? And that's I think kind of what we're seeing here with some of these contract negotiations. So yeah, good for the guys that got paid. For the guys that don't, you know, earn that contract next summer and get and get yourself paid. So yeah, absolutely. All right, but, uh, but, go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say we got one last bit of news before we get going into the NFL. Uh, Derek, Derek Anderson. Your former forgotten all-star. Yes. Forgotten pro bowler will start for the Buffalo Bills this Sunday against the Indianapolis Colts. Josh Allen has been ruled out by head coach Sean McDermott, um, out with an elbow sprain. Um, and Derek Anderson will start at center for the Buffalo Bills. Now, it, is this really, why is this so newsworthy? Because we haven't seen Derek Anderson play in a long time. He was your forgotten pro bowler. Yes. And we know this guy's got a big arm. And... I personally think that this might make a difference in that Buffalo Bills offense. Really? Yeah. I mean, he's, he's a guy that stretches the ball down the field. They have a big target like Kelvin Benjamin, who I think has never been used properly. No, um, I just think he's trash. I Well, I think he's, he's literally a boom-bust guy. And Derek Anderson yeah. has the ability to throw the ball de- far down the field. Um, and so it's I, – I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. I like it. I like it. Hey, you know, anything is better than Nathan Peterman at this point. 
Oh God! So yeah, you know, I mean, like, like this is the thing. You can't, you can't put Peterman back out there. So you, you, Derek Anderson, great. <laughs> I, I'm going to make a comparison here, Dallin, and I want you to hang with me. Okay, I love Nathan it. Nathan Peterman is like Tom Brady. Whoa! whoa. <laughs> I'm, I'm so with this, Mitch. Let's go. Let's go down this hole. Nathan Peterman is the Tom Brady of throwing interceptions. He is so. <laughs> good at throwing interceptions I, he's so good he's so good at throwing interceptions he comes in for half a game manages to throw two more i mean this dude is so good at throwing interceptions if interceptions got positive points in fantasy football he'd be a number one pick he'd be a number one pick oh uh, you know nathan peterman is can we call him the goat of throwing interceptions um Yes, he is the goat of throwing He's interceptions. He's the goat. <laughs> no, it's amazing. He is. It's honestly special how good he is at throwing interceptions. Uh, it's tr- truly gifted, man. It, it's, uh, it is so incredible. It's it's inspiring. They should make a movie on this. They should. They absolutely. Somebody will play. You know, we're gonna get like Miles Teller or one of these younger actors later on in their career playing some biopic of Nathan Peterman in the oh, NFL. Yeah. You know, it's good, but it's gonna be some like serious film, just showing how sure. great he was at sucking. It, it, It'll be it, great. It's gonna have great. to be. It's gonna have to be. It's gonna be an incredible feature film. It'll Oscar last. Worthy. I mean, the length of that movie will probably be about seven minutes long, but <laughs> it's going to be such a work of art. <laughs> oh man, I love it. I love it. Uh, just a few other things I wanted to mention before we move on. Sorry, I don't. I don't want to take no, too long here it, with the news. It. Devonta Freeman is on the IR groin injury earliest mm-hmm. he could come back is december 23rd with with where atlanta is right now at two and four unless they're really vying for a playoff spot at that point i would not expect him back for the rest of the season uh just because at that point there's no use if they're not going to be in the playoff race at that point then we probably just won't see him back but he's gonna be out for a while so uh, fantasy wise look at tevin coleman look at ito smith who i think has been a viable option and that yes. offense, an offense that's going to score a lot because they're going to be in shootouts because the defense is uh, so injured right now. Uh, and then uh, the other thing I want to mention is Paul Allen, who is the owner of the Portland Trailblazers, the Seattle Seahawks, and a co-founder of Microsoft passed away this week. Uh, so, you know, rest in peace, Paul Allen. We'll see where the uh, leadership on those two teams goes to post uh, his passing. Uh, but a great guy for the Northwest and sports within within uh, Oregon and Washington and and a lot of respect for for those franchises up there. Yeah, uh, condolences to uh, his family and friends. Uh, Paul Allen will be greatly missed. All right, let's um let's talk about real quick uh, MLB. We've got the LCS series going on right now. ALCS, NLCS. Yesterday, both teams played both. Uh, both series were played. Boston is up two to one over the Astros. They are in Houston right now. Uh, game four is tonight, day of recording, Wednesday. The Dodgers and the Brewers are tied at two and two. Mitch, I watched that game. I watched the entire thirteen inning game last night. Dodgers Brewers, and I gotta say. It hurt so much as a Dodgers fan every time they got up and couldn't freaking score a run. And I was like, this is our life. We're going to go down 3-1, and one, 3-1, and we're not going to lose this. And then my boy, Machado gets on base, steals second on the pass ball, and Belly, man, 
Cody Bellinger comes up huge with the single. Machado, great base running, just slides right under the tag at home, and we win it in the 13th. It was I, I, my, I, we're, I'm sitting in bed. My wife is like pretty much asleep at this point. And I scream when he scores. <laughs> the basic goes past Aguilar at first. I'm like, oh, let's go. And she freaks out. She hits me because she's like trying to go to sleep. I was too pumped. It was great. So, oh, yeah. Well, and I, I had said this. I had said this not on the podcast, but, you know, out and about talking to people about this series. If Milwaukee had gone up 3 1, that series would have been over for me. Absolutely. Absolutely. It would have been over. It, very few teams had come back from 3-1, and Milwaukee is really good at shutting the door. Um, obviously, the Dodgers got the best of them last night. Right. But they they traditionally, especially over the last nine months of baseball, or not nine months, sorry, that would have been January, um, uh-huh. over the last six months of baseball, they have been very good at shutting the door when they need to. Um, that bullpen has kind of let them down, um, and that was their, that's their strong point. Is, right. is their bullpen. So uh, the, the Dodgers definitely caught a break there, and this series, I think, is far from over. Absolutely. Well, and, the, and what was crazy about last night is the Dodgers' bullpen went toe-to-toe with the Brewers' bullpen. I mean, yeah. those guys were and, – and, and we know how, how great the Brewers' bullpen has been. The Dodgers, that's been their weak point, and I mentioned that in our MLB you know, postseason preview was that the bullpen was going to be key for the Dodgers, and they showed up – pitched well enough to hold that tie. And then obviously uh, the Dodgers were able to make enough happen to get to win the game. But uh, it's going to be interesting going through the game ended, I think right before midnight Pacific time, they play at 2 PM today. They have 12 hours between games now, which is insane. And the Dodgers used their entire bullpen. The Brewers, I think had two pitchers left on the bullpen that weren't used. So this is going to be a fascinating game. You have Kershaw and Miley facing off and they're going to need both those guys to go seven. Cause those bullpens are completely depleted. Uh, so today's game is going to be fascinating yeah. because of, you know, now what this, what a 13 inning game means for, you know, uh, this game today. And then the series going forward, whoever they, both teams needed to win that game. You had to go all, all in on that game. So today's going to be really interesting. Yeah. But the starting pitchers are really going to have to go the difference. And I don't know yeah. if Miley's got that type of start left in him. Right. I, Cause he just threw what game two game two. Right. So he's so going on short rest. He's, he's going, going on short, short rest. rest. Yeah. Kershaw's Kershaw, did, he started game one. He, he started game one, so he's so fine. He's, this is so his natural start. Yeah, right, this, right, right. Would, this would be his natural spot in the rotation. Wade Miley's coming off short rest, so if there's anyone... Not ideal for when you have no bullpen. <laughs> yeah, and if there's, so if there's anyone sitting in a good spot, it's it's the Dodgers. It, and, well, and they turned that momentum last night. That win was huge, and you could tell just the... Sure. Just the, the, I think the momentum changed to the Dodgers last night, and now they have cur- the best pitcher in baseball, in my opinion, on the mound with Kershaw. And now you're like, we could leave here up three two, and you have to go to Milwaukee and win one game. I mean, that's they're in a great spot, and they need Kershaw to deliver. And I think if he could give them, a, I think he's capable of giving them a performance like he had against the Braves, where he went eight innings and gave up, I think, like one run. Um, could have pitched that whole game. Could have gone the complete game. He'd only thrown, I think, like ninety pitches through eight innings. So, well, sure, sure. But you know, here, here's I, where here's where what worries me is Kershaw has also been known to 
struggle in the in the postseason. Now he hasn't shown any sign of that yet. Okay. Yeah. Th- this year he's actually been pretty solid. And the two uh, starts, he's only had two starts. Uh, in, in yeah, the postseason, but, he's been, he's but I mean, he's been, good. been been good. Yeah, been been good. So it, it's going to be interesting to see if he could do that when knowing that he's going to have to go seven. Um, and goodness, it it's also going to be interesting to see what the bullpen strategy is for Los Angeles because they used so many guys last night. So, um, yeah, it, it'll be an intriguing game. Absolutely, absolutely. for sure. I'm a, I'm excited to watch it. Um, for sure. And then obviously Boston. And Houston, uh, this is going to be a back and forth. We both had this going seven games. Uh, I think both of these series are probably going seven games. Uh, Boston with the huge win, 8-2 to two last night in Houston. Houston has to respond today to not go down 3-1. But I, I, I think, personally watching this, I think Houston is a better team, which and I, and I stand behind them winning in seven. They just look like the more complete team. But Boston has been the best team this whole year. And last night they played like it. Uh, it's just a matter of the pitching for Boston, which, you know, last night they got enough offense, eight uh, runs that, you know, when you get score eight runs, you just need decent pitching. Uh, so it's a matter to me, I think of if the bots, if the bats for the Red Sox aren't there, can the pitchers win a game for them? Well, and that's and, what I still don't know about. Well, you know, and I, I said that Mookie Betts needs to be performed when, when we did our preview of this, I said that Mookie Betts needs to be the guy that steps up for them. Um, Jackie Braddy, Jackie Bradley Jr. hit a grand slam last night. Um, so <laughs> that's huge. That yeah. might be a guy that's going to have to come through for him. Um, you know, one of those playoff heroes that we don't talk a whole lot about maybe during the regular season, but comes through big when it matters most. So, um, keep an eye on Jack JBJ. Keep an eye on, keep an eye on that guy. Yeah, absolutely. And, and just two great series. I mean, I postseason baseball is the best. I've said it a thousand times. I'll say it a million more. Uh, it's the best. It's so much fun to watch. And these are just some great we have we have great matchups right now with Boston and Houston and Milwaukee and LA. So if you aren't watching these games, you're 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 missing out. Uh, you just get you got you got to be you got to be in on this because this is this is some great baseball to watch. Absolutely. Okay, the last thing I wanted to get into, Mitch, before we move on is you and I had a little matchup in our fantasy football in our redraft league this week. Yeah, we did. Uh, do you want to tell them how it went? Uh, so I was I went into Sunday night, correct? Sunday night? Yes. Uh, I was up 20 and a half points up over Dallin. Uh, I had no one left, and he had Patrick Mahomes. Now, an initial reaction, very frightening because we were like, okay, well, is Pat Mahomes going to throw 14 touchdown passes in one game? We don't know what he's going to do. <laughs> so, Pat Mahomes comes out, the game starts, and New England actually contained him pretty well. Um, and at halftime, I'm still up like 13 points. I'm feeling pretty good. I'm like, I might do this. I might do this. Um, and then the words that I'll never forget, Mahomes to Hill, that just, it crushed me. Those two hooked up <laughs> for the whole second half. Dallin wound up uh, triumphant over me, uh, 151.28 to 144.6. And um, well done. Well done, Thank sir. you. Thank you. You, 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 you did a good job. You, you know, if there's job. any player that I wanted – Going into having to win a matchup by 20 points is Patrick Mahomes. And I agree, the first half, I was a little worried 
but and they turned it on the second half, ended up scoring 40 points, which is what I was hoping for, you know, a high-scoring game, and he threw for four touchdowns and two picks, and I got the win, so that was nice. You know, I was, uh, I was one and uh, four in that league, so I, I couldn't have taken another loss. One and five, and I probably had to punt on my season, so I, I needed the win. And I was I was really hoping to get up to two, uh, to four and two, uh, right. but I will go to three and three. I went to four and two in the dynasty league. Oh yeah, beat, we I uh, defeated our resident fantasy football expert Jordan Fox in that league. You, you um, killed it that week. You, I, I looking at, it, looking at your lineup, I, I mean, you had you, you like you had a lot of good performances there. It was pretty cool. No so. depth on that roster, though. I, I will admit that yeah. I have absolutely no depth on that roster. So when when bye weeks are hitting heavy and eight, nine, ten, when uh, bipocalypse hits for <laughs> fantasy players, it's gonna it's gonna suck for me. It's gonna really suck. Yeah. <laughs> I might drop under five hundred. I don't know. You know, mine was last week when I had all my saints my saints lineup of Thomas Kamara and Breeze all out. And I, I lost to TP, our boy Tanner Presenti, who's been on the pod, by like 25 points. I scored 130, which wasn't bad for not having those key guys. Uh, but I also faced Jordan this week in both of my leagues, in both the Redraft and the Dynasty League. And I'm not excited. Jordan is good. He's the fantasy, the resident fantasy expert. Yeah, he is. So this is going to, I do have my Saints players back. I feel pretty decent in the dynasty league uh, as far. And and, and then the redraft league, you know, I'm not, I'm not feeling too bad. I don't know. I feel like it'll be close. Just not super excited. Not super excited. I need, I need some big wins this week. Yeah. Uh, The big thing in fantasy is getting the wins at the right time. And um, sometimes even in the middle of the season, there, there's big matchups against teams that you know are going to be super good. And it's super imperative that you nail down a win on that week and really strategize strategize the best you can there. Yeah, you know, I'm 2-4 and four in both the redraft and the fi- dynasty, so not too hot. I can't go to 2-5, and five, so I need... I need, I need some wins this week. So, Jordan, please start all your bench, all your bye week guys. And, uh, and yeah, that'll be nice. So, yeah. <laughs> that's, hey, a, that's, all, that's all I got there. That's all we got for the news. That's all we got for all the updates and the other sports. Guys, this is an NFL show, though. So, we're going to get into the Week 6 recap. We're going to go predict our Week 7 matchups. We're also going to do a little bit of little game that we have. We're going to call it 5 in, 5 out. And... We're going to go play that game this week, but we're going to get into the NFL when we come back. So stick around, and we'll be right back. Thank you guys for listening to the Sports Hour today. Be sure, if you haven't already, to follow our socials. You can find us on Twitter at Sports Hour Guys, Instagram at The Sports Hour Guys, and you can like our Facebook page. Be sure to follow those socials, interact with us. We want to hear from you. Now back to the show. Welcome back. I hope you guys enjoyed our smooth little interlude there. Yeah. Um, we got we got a we got a bone I got a bone to pick with you, dude. Oh, okay. You said that 7 up squirt and ginger ale. Not squirt, good, sprite. 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 Yeah. Aren't good by themselves? No, they're disgusting. You're out of your mind. What no, are you talking I about? I can't. No, the thing is is you know, it, w- 
Ooh, hello. Sounds sounds like you're sick. Maybe you need to get a little bubblies on your stomach here. <laughs> no, Settle me, down. Whenever whenever I was sick, you know, my mom would make me drink Seven Up or Sprite and uh, or ginger ale. And so now I can't like I have that association with them. I I, I can't just like drink. I would never. One, I think they taste gross, but I would never like just choose to drink like ginger ale. You're insane. What are you I talking think you're, about? I think you're. I think you're a serial killer if you choose to drink ginger ale. I drink like, ginger ale straight up. I don't know what I you're know. talking about. It's you're so a serial good. killer. I'm not a serial. <laughs> I've never killed anyone in my life. Not hey, yet. But okay. you're 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 there. So when you were sick, did your mom ever make you put Vicks on the bottom of your feet and then put socks on? No, I did not do that. Okay, because my mom made me do that every time, and I thought she really, was, and I thought she was insane. <laughs> but I you don't know what? It works every single time. I have no idea what it does, but it works every it's like single magic. time. Yeah, I used to get a little Vicks on the chest, you know, when you were congested. You oh know, yeah, little, yeah, on the lungs. Put the Vicks on set. Yeah. Never on the feet though. Yeah. Uh, the feet. So shout out to Sammy, Super Mom. Let us know. Yeah. Did you ever put Vicks? Did you ever get Vicks on the feet, guys? Uh, yeah, let us know. seriously, let us I've know. Never, I've never done that one. My mama, Sammy Dodd. Mama yeah. Sammy. Yeah. She, shout she's, out. Shout she's out. The best. Shout out to Mama Dodd. She's the great. She's the she, greatest. She's the best. She's absolutely. The best. All right, let's get into some NFL week six games. Let's start with Thursday night. We had Philly at the Meadowlands and Joyzy facing the New York Giants. Uh, you had the Giants in this game. I had Philly. It was a very Philly game, thirty-four to thirteen. Yeah. What, uh, Mitch? What were your thoughts about this game? What did you see? What did you like? What did, did you not like? Well, I don't. I didn't like the Giants in general. Well, um, yeah. I, I mean, they were they were pretty awful. Uh, Peyton or not Peyton Manning? Sorry, his inferior little brother Eli um, <laughs> was absolutely. Just garbage. I mean, he threw for 281, but 24 for 43, no touchdowns and a pick. Um, and he just did not look comfortable at all. Um, what I did realize, though, is that Saquon Barkley is that entire team. Um, Absolutely. Uh, 13 for 130 on the ground and a touchdown. 9 for 99 through the air. Um, the Giants, by the way, had never had a player rushed for 100 yards and received for 100 yards in the same game. And Saquon Barkley was one yard away receiving from getting that title of the first guy in Giants history to do that. <laughs> they should have um, just gave him a little, like, just, just throw him a little you know, swing pass, a little screen pass or something. Just get that one yard. Come on. Oh, yeah. I know, right? Um, but but what concerns me most about this is is the lack of utilization of Odell Beckham. Uh, six for 44 he he's not being used the way that he's supposed to be used. He's he is a stretch the ball down the field guy. He could be the mid range route guy, but when you're only putting him on slant patterns here, which is about what he was running seven point three seven point three reception. Um, he's not a screen receiving guy. He he's not the fastest guy in the league, so you can't run screen patterns with him. Uh, it, he's so underutilized right now, and I think either they need to get they need to change the quarterback situation there. Um, as crazy as this sounds, maybe give Kyle Lalette a look. I, I might be there with you, Mitch. I and, was thinking that the other day. <laughs> yeah, I I would might I might give Kyle Lalette Kyle a look and and just see what the difference is here because he is Eli's. He's done. He's passed his playing days. He's done. He needs to step away. From Are we him. calling it? Are we, we talked about this going into the season? We have the five older quarterbacks. Who's going to drop off first? Ben. 
I think Big Ben was my first pick, but Eli was like a close second for me. And I, I, I don't know if we're there yet. This is what I will say. I have quite a few things to say about this game. I absolutely agree. Saquon is great, and he's the key to this offense. But having Eli Manning as your quarterback, you are wasting the talents of Saquon Barkley, Odell Beckham Jr., Sterling Shepard, Evan Ingram, all these great players that they have. They are wasting their talents by having Eli Manning as their quarterback. And I I don't know if it's play calling that they can't utilize Odell. Obviously, he is the focal point. You know, teams are going to strategize, you know, they're going to plan, they're going to scheme to keep him always covered, possibly double teamed. I mean, they're going to keep an eye on him. He's the number one guy. But number one guys still get their looks. You have to look, you have to scheme them open. And so I don't know if it's Pat Shermer as the head coach, you know, who was the offensive coordinator at Minnesota last year, I don't think should be able Pat to scheme Schumer. this guy. So then it then it falls back on execution, which is Eli Manning. And that's what I think. I don't think it's the coach because I know Pat Shermer is a good coach, obviously was successful as an offensive coordinator last year in Minnesota. I don't think it's that. I think it really is just Eli. And I thought about this the other day, Mitch. I thought why they're one in five. Okay. They're not going to be a playoff team. Sorry, I know that was like your sneak little pick last this this year. Oh no, year. I've I've given up on that. I've given but up. But the, they're not going to make a play. So why not throw Kyle Lalletta out there? He's had six games on the bench. He's got to learn. You know, maybe you you hold out Eli a few more weeks. When's the, when's their bye week? Let, uh, let me look this week up. Nine. Let me week look nine. this up. Week nine. Okay, so so maybe you you let Eli play week seven, week eight, get to the bye, and then post bye, you're halfway through the season. Just let Kyle Laletta do it because if you if if you really think this guy might be your guy, then give him the shot, right? Well, I think. I mean, Kyle what else La- do you have to win for? I mean, Kyle Laletta's got the talent, and Eli definitely has the football IQ. I think he's a smart, of course, of course, he's a smart yeah. football player, but he's just he's past his playing years, and so I think that Kyle Laletta playing behind a Manning, regardless of really who that was, even if it was Archie Manning. You know, you're going to learn a lot playing behind those for guys. Sure, for sure. And so I, why I'm, I'm on board with you. Why not give him the look? Why not give him the shot to go out and, and make mistakes? Go out and make mistakes because you're not going to make the playoffs. Go out and throw 20 picks. I don't care. But learn from those mistakes. That's what I ask is like, if you're going to go out and make a bunch of mistakes, at least learn from them. And I think that this would be the perfect time to throw Kyle Laletta in and do that. Now, a quarterback is a completely, it's a cerebral uh, position. You you can really get in your own head. Um, But if they put him in this spot and with the right coaching and the right mentoring from Eli, I think that he has a real chance to succeed if they let him go out there in the second half this year and, and fail, really. Yeah, well, and I think you're absolutely right. When you have a guy like Eli behind him that they can watch film together and he can say, hey, listen, this is where your mistake was. This is how you have to look. I mean, that's great experience. He's won Super Bowls. He's obviously a very he was a very good quarterback and a great guy to be able to take this guy under his wing and say, hey, listen, like, let's do this together. You know, kind of a guy to to stabilize Lauletta through this season. He, My he, thing is, yeah. it, it, it's if you're going to go three and 13. Why not let the rookie play? What's the point in playing Eli Manning all season if you're going to win five games? Right? Yeah. I mean, it's just like there's no point anymore. And it just goes back to I, they made such a mistake by not trading for Teddy Bridgewater. There's no reason 
why they should not have traded for Teddy Bridgewater. He was available. The Jets were shopping him. The Saints were smart enough to pick him up. The Giants somehow weren't, even though Drew Brees will probably play for the next five years. You know, and here they are with Eli. How do you not trade for that guy? It is, a, I, I just, it doesn't make any sense to me. It doesn't. Sure. No, I, I totally agree. I totally agree. So I, 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 I hope to see Kyle Laletta. He's a raw kind of prospect. He has the talent. It's just a question of can he get to that NFL level. Uh, but I agree with you. Let him make mistakes. Let him play out the rest of the year. Going to lose anyways. If you really are that bad and you realize, okay, yes, yeah, eight games with Kyle Laletta wasn't good enough. He's not going to make it. You're going to have a top five pick. Go draft a quarterback next year. Yeah. You know? Well, I mean, and, and, that, then, and that's you're the in thing. the position to get a top guy. And that's the thing is be- – this next draft class, the quarterbacks are not very deep at all. I mean, where this last class we had maybe four or five quarterbacks that potentially could start week one for their teams. Uh-huh. They, there's not that type. There's not that type of guy, right? Coming, exactly. coming in, coming out of the you know collegiate ranks this year. So um, they really either got to cross their fingers with Kyle Lutter or hope Eli pulls his head out of out of his ass and. It starts playing a little bit better. Yeah, I, I I don't know, but they are they are not looking good. The Eagles, on the other hand, I mean, they beat a bad team, but uh, a great bounce back for them. They get to three and three with this win. The offense was humming. Wentz three touchdowns, no interceptions. Alshon Jeffrey two touchdown catches. Even without Jay Ajayi, I think the run game was decent as they switched between Smallwood and Clement. They reached a hundred yards total on the ground. I just thought this was a great performance overall for them and a great boost going forward. They needed a win like this. Sure, and I and I, I this them winning this way makes me even more an advocate for them getting shady because I think that with the addition of a veteran like Deshaun McCoy, this team can only get better. I mean, that, granted, they played the Giants, but they actually looked competent. And so if you if you give them a serviceable running back that's going to carry 60% of the workload back there, I think that this really sets them else This sets them up, sets themselves up nicely to maybe a 10-win season. Um, yeah. So and winning the yeah. division, I still think they're I still think they're the favorites in those in that division. So well, let's talk about another team from that division, Dallas, uh, getting a huge win at home against Jacksonville, forty to seven. If there was one game that I did not see coming this week, it is most definitely Dallas scoring forty on Jacksonville and winning by thirty three points. I mean. I, insane insane mitch uh what are some of what are some of your thoughts about this 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 is concerning from the jacksonville jaguars standpoint when the dallas cowboys with a struggling dak prescott a extremely weak passing game puts 40 up on you that's concerning this team we knew is gonna win ugly Right, if if they were going to be in the position to win, they were going to win with twenty points up on the board. Right, and they, but they're giving up forty a game right now, and it's forty in one game at least, not forty per game. But uh, this is back to back weeks with inferior offenses putting up big points on them, and so it's it's concerning to see the Jaguars there. Now, I think, do I think they could pull their head out? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that they'll pull out. I think they're in a lull right now, and I'm going to stand by offensively. When Leonard Fournette comes back, Blake Bortles will be better. But 
right now the defense is really what's concerning to me. I think they'll pull their head out, but this is not a good sign from them. No, 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 not at all. And it's interesting. They had that that big win against uh, New England. What was that, week two, week three? And since then, I think they've dropped every game that they've played since. They, they, they have not looked good since getting that big win at home. And it's, it is concerning now. They are 3-3. Three and three. They're still tied for first in the division with Tennessee and Houston. But Tennessee and Houston have looked better, and Jacksonville's looking worse. They're going the wrong direction. Uh, so well, they that's really a weak need comp- that's a weak division. So I mean, right? It's... But you got to be going the right, and they play Houston this week at home, and that's going to be a big matchup. I think a loss to Houston here, I would be very concerned. Right now, I am concerned. Sure. You know, we we talk about the defense giving up forty, never good. But Dallas had the ball for almost thirty nine minutes, and Jacksonville had it for twenty one. If you put out your defense for more than thirty five minutes in the game, they're going to give up points. You just can't play that long without giving up points when you don't have a break and the offense needs to play better. It needs to take up more time, have longer drives to give that defense a break. I, just a bad formula overall for the team offense hurting the defense. And uh, I, I don't know, just an ugly game an, an ugly game. Yeah. It, and I think very surprisingly ugly. I mean, even if Jacksonville were to lose in this game, we would have at least thought it would have been close. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Not to get blown out by Dallas. Yeah, you got blown out by 33. I mean, that's that's atrocious. Um, Another Blake Bortles type game, you know? But, yeah, but don't put it on. (laughs) I wouldn't put it on Blake Bortles, though, because. Not entirely, of course. And I wouldn't and I wouldn't put it on Doug Marone either. It's it's the absence of Leonard Fournette. He is so key to that team. That when he's not there and they don't have a run game to support the passing game and Blake Bortles, I heard a statistic when when Leonard Fournette is in the game, Jacksonville Jaguars run the ball fifty two percent of the time. When he's not in the game, they run the ball thirty seven percent of the time. So there, right there, proves in a in a weird way that Blake Bortles is more successful when they throw the ball less. And yeah, absolutely. So, and when you and again the system quarterback thing, put him in the position to win. Put him in a position where he's if he's only throwing the ball twenty five times a game, he's gonna get it done for you because you're not putting a huge workload on his back. So it's so that right there proves to me that this team is so much better with Leonard Fournette, and he Leonard Fournette is that type of player to get it done for him. Yeah, what well, I think it also goes just goes to as a defense when you're scheming for Jacksonville this week, you don't have to worry about the run game. So you're so you can fully focus on Bortles and stopping him and they don't have a great wide receiver core. They have a very hodgepodge group of receivers who've got it done but not very good receivers and not a very good quarterback. So when the defense could spend the whole week and say, "Hey, they're not going to be able to run on us." focus on the pass defense, you're going to really be able to limit anything they can do. And I think that's what we saw on Sunday. Well, yeah. It, it, yeah, it's not good. But not, Bortles, not, not good, but they need to bounce back. Now, they need I to do bounce want to back. throw this out. That Bort, I think this loss was more on the defense, and I'll tell you why. Bortles only threw the ball 26 times a game this game. Yeah, because they couldn't get a first down. Because they couldn't get a That's first down. That's the issue. That's the issue. You got to run the ball. You you when you put the when you put the defense on the field for almost forty minutes, 
There's no way you're going to win a game, first off. But second of all, there's no way the other team doesn't keep scoring on you. You just can't keep your defense on the field that long. You can't be on the field for 21 minutes as an offense. You've got to be on the field more. And that goes back on them not being able to convert third downs, not being able to extend drives and, and do anything offensively. You can't put it all on the defense. That defense is great, but no defense can play for 40 minutes and right. win, win a game. It's just hey, There's no way, so... All right, let's um let, let's keep it in the AFC. Uh, I want to talk about Pittsburgh and Cincinnati. So a big matchup. We had Cincinnati four and one going into this game. Pittsburgh two two and one. Kind of looking at Cincinnati as maybe the best team in the AFC North. Pittsburgh got a huge win on the road, twenty eight to twenty one. Uh, we're able to you know to to kind of get get that momentum going in the right direction. Play play the division rival tough and win. Mitch thoughts about this game yeah um i still think cincinnati is a good team that this is not an indication that they're not as good as what we think they are i still think cincinnati is a great team i think pittsburgh's turning a corner here um do i think that they're going to be well i don't think they'll be a 10 win team but ben played very well 32 for 46 369 and one um, James Conner played very, very well. 19 for 11, 5.8 a carry and two touchdowns. Also through the air was four for 18, four and a half yards of reception. So I think the Steelers are turning a corner here. I don't think that the Bengals are slipping in any way. I think this is always, this is always a tough matchup between the Bengals and the Steelers. This is yeah, the, yeah. A, the AFC North has more interdivision rivalries than any other division in sports. 100%. And, so, and, they, and they always, even if a team is bad and a team is very good, they always play each other tough. They just all don't like each other. Yeah. Like, every <laughs> and they team, go back, These are older franchises. I mean, they go back sure. for a while, so there is a lot of history within sure. them. With the exception of Baltimore, this is this is all a very old franchise. This is an mm-hmm. old division. And so they all just really don't like each other. Um which, by the way, Baltimore was the old Cleveland. So right, it's, right. So there's still some history there. So yeah, but no, I, I think a good game for the Steelers. I think I think they look a lot better than they have. Absolutely. You know, I, I what I was talking about the Bengals. The Bengals didn't play a bad game, in my opinion. I, I don't they think did, they played no, bad. They they, I mean, they did get outgained. So Pittsburgh had 481 total yards in the game. Cincinnati had 275. When you get outgained by 200 yards and you only lose by a touchdown, I, I, what happened there? I don't really know. They couldn't run the ball. They only had 62 yards on the ground. Mixon, 11 for 64. The fact that you only rushed the ball 11 times with Joe Mixon is worrisome for me because Andy Dalton threw the ball 42 times. Yeah, exactly. And that's and that's where I think I you know he, he looked like he was running the ball pretty well. You look at that. So five point eight a carry. More right, right. Why not go to the run more? That's probably the biggest you know a hiccup there, I guess. But no turnovers by either team. Pretty even and everything else. Uh, it just comes down to the Bengals not you know I guess making enough. I don't know why they didn't run the ball enough, but Andy Dalton didn't play bad. Uh, obviously Pittsburgh played well enough. Pittsburgh, I mean, they won the game at the end. I mean, they, they won the game sure. with that, with that Antonio Brown touchdown and that was it, but it was close throughout. And, and in fact, uh, the Bengals had taken back the lead in the fourth quarter to, to set up that game winning drive by, by Pittsburgh. So uh, like you said, always a tough game. Uh, I, I, I saw a stat and I, I want to talk about this just briefly. Um, 
they compared the first six games of this season for James Conner and the first six games of last season for Lev Bell. And the total yard numbers are the exact same. And Bell rushed for more yards last year, but Connor has received from had more receiving yards this year. So the total yards about the same, touchdowns about the same. Pretty comparable stats. And I, I we've talked a lot about Lev Bell, James Connor replacing him. We don't know when Lev Bell is going to. We said after the bye break bye week is when he said, but the Steelers also said this week they haven't even heard from him. So do you really need Lev Bell back with the way that James Connor has played? No, no, screw that guy. <laughs> no, ser- no, seriously, let him walk. If he doesn't want to get paid, let him walk. He he's gonna screw he's gonna screw himself up. Now, from a fantasy standpoint, because I'm a Lev Bell owner, I want him to report because right. I I want him I want him on the field. But if I'm the Pittsburgh Steelers, all right, screw that. We don't need you. We don't need you. We're doing just fine with James Conner, and James Conner has definitely enough talent to be a very good running back in the NFL. Uh, kind of Calvin. Or sorry, Alvin Kamara esque, not okay, quite Alvin yeah, Kamara, yeah. but the the similar where he's not going to carry so much on the rushing line. I mean, he carried the ball nineteen times, but he he catches the ball extremely well. Right, right. I so, see a lot of Kareem Hunt in him. That's kind Kareem of Kareem Hunt. That's a, that's, that, even that's, yeah, that's even Hunt better because Kareem Hunt does catch the ball quite a bit, but he can run the ball better than Kamara. He's kind of he kind of can do both, and you put him in the right offense like sure. the Steelers. I think you see him succeed. So yeah, yeah I I don't know where I stand on it. I think Love Bell is obviously great, and you know it's easy to see the replacement succeed and be like, "Oh, we don't need that guy." But Love Bell is probably the best running back in the league. I mean, now Gurley, I'd probably say Gurley, but he's top three. Love Bell's definitely top three running back in the league. So I, I don't know how much of it is just because we haven't seen him play this year, and James Conner has obviously looked so good. Uh, but it is an interesting situation, and like I said before, I don't think Love Bell ends up in Pittsburgh next year anyway. So if you're Pittsburgh, do you even care if he reports? I, I don't know. I think he's better being away from the team and less of a distraction and just doing whatever he wants to do in Florida or wherever he's at, you know? Yeah. So, okay. Pittsburgh-Cincinnati, good matchup. Uh, very, very good matchup. Let us talk – I. I the marquee game of this this week was Kansas City, New England. I want to save that for last. So let's go to Monday night. We had San Francisco going to Lambeau to face the Packers. I had my upset pick of the week, the Niners, in this game. And it was close, 33-30. to 30. They needed a game-winning field goal by Mason Crosby to win the game. Uh, not good, I think, if you're the Packers, that you need to hit a field goal to beat C.J. Beathard and the Niners at home. Not ideal. Yeah. Yeah, no, this should have been a blowout, really. Um, Absolutely. But, it, but the, just, oh, God. Terrible, terrible performance. For really, the on the part of the, the Green Bay Packers. Um, that That's a lot of throwing for a hobbled Aaron Rodgers. Now, he did he look better than he had in the last few weeks? Absolutely. Yes, he he's looking a lot, a lot healthier. Twenty five, twenty five for, for forty six. The completion percentage, yeah, it's a little bit down, but four twenty five and two touchdowns. Um, pretty good. Aaron Jones is the guy I thought that was going to break out this week in this game, and he had the touchdown. They got called back, and then they just stopped giving him the ball. Which, yeah, I don't understand why he's not the number one running back. There. I don't. I don't either. Like I he, he, he see, and it seems like a consensus with everybody I talk about, talk to that Aaron Jones is the best running back of all those guys. I mean, I like Jamal Williams. 
I don't think Ty Montgomery is that good. He's kind of explosive. He's he's like the third guy in my opinion. But Aaron Jones is clearly the best. But they treat him like the third string running back. I don't I mean, get it. I I I don't get it either. I mean, this, this is it's by far the best running back in that backfield. Yeah. Um, it, another some just some names to mention. Uh, Jimmy Graham was five for one hundred four. Devontae Adams ten for one thirty two and two touchdowns. Um, and then Marquez Valdez Scantling, uh, three for one hundred three, uh, three proving to be a a very uh, reliable deep threat. Yeah, um, explosive player. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, Rodgers so- threw the ball forty six times and had four hundred twenty five passing yards. Was, I, I, they aired it out for sure. Um, and and you look at the and the, what's interesting. You look at the Niners stats. I mean, C.J. Beathard sixteen for twenty three with two hundred forty five yards. Like he barely threw the ball. They rushed it more times than they threw it. He threw that, for, and that's what's going to work for him. And, and yeah, yeah, welcome to the NFL, Raheem Mostert. All right, who uh, is this guy? Yeah, I have never <laughs> heard of him before. Twelve for eighty seven, seven point two a carry. Didn't score, yeah. but yeah. a good game from him. It, Absolutely. You know, yeah, Raheem Monster. I don't know who the hell that is, but no. uh, Marquise Greatwin had a had a great game, four for one twenty six, and the two touchdowns from Bethard. Sure, uh, he had a very explosive play. I think that first touchdown. Uh, you know, I I liked what I saw from the Niners. I think they played pretty decent uh, team wise. You know, I thought I thought this was a pretty obviously a very close game. I think, like you said, the Niners played to their strength, which is the run game. And you know, just allowed Beathard to do enough, but not have to be the guy, and uh, you know made it close. And hey, you know, uh, hats off to him. And, and the fact here's another fact: the Green Bay was minus three in the turnovers. Didn't turn the ball over at all. San Francisco turned the ball over three times, and yet you still only had to kick a game-winning field goal to win. Yeah, I don't understand. I don't understand how. That happened. I don't know. That concerns me about the Packers. A win's a win, so you take the win. But the, the fact that you're barely beating bad teams does not make me feel good when you have to play the Bears again later in the season, when you have to play the Vikings later, again later in the season, when you have to play Detroit again later in the season. You know, playing those divisional matchups, that's like, – I don't know. I, I, I'm still not convinced about the Packers. I still have my doubts. Well, and I, I'm going to go a little bit out on a limb here. And say that maybe C.J. Beathard isn't as bad as we think he is. I don't. I don't, I, I never really thought he was that bad. I don't. Think I don't. He's great, I, I don't think he's great either. But he's serviceable. I, yeah, sixteen for twenty three against. I mean, obviously a weak Packers defense. But this is two weeks in a row that he hasn't played terrible. No. Um, when you look at what he did last year, and I think what the six games he started, he also didn't play terrible last year either. Like, he wasn't a terrible quarterback. No, I mean, but were, the team was bad. The they team were a terrible bad. team, but him himself, he wasn't He wasn't awful, you know? Yeah. A- interesting game, to say the least. And finally, the best game, the only game I was really excited for this week, Kansas City in Foxborough to take on New England. What a game, Mitch. What Great a game. game. Every, everything I think everybody wanted out of this Sunday night matchup. New England pulls it off 43-40. to 40. Uh, just a back and forth shootout game, and uh, you know F- Gustowski wins it on the field goal, and that and that was all she wrote. What a, I mean, but holy cow, what a game! Yeah, I loved it. I if loved you, every second of it. If you took the over on this game, because I guarantee you the over was not eighty three. I think it was sixty something. I think we looked it up. If, if I remember right, if you took right. the over, yeah. you're looking like a genius right now. I mean, <laughs> forty three yeah. to forty final score. At, it, this is what the NFL fans nowadays want to see. They want to see the scoring. Now, 
I personally like defense. Okay, I love seeing. I appreciate good defense, so I want to see a defensive battle. Um, but in the modern in the modern NFL, everyone wants to see scoring, and you definitely got a lot of that. Pat Mahomes, twenty three for thirty six, three fifty two, four touchdowns. Um, Tom Brady, twenty four for thirty five, three forty, and a touchdown. Uh, Sony Michelle, how about that? He's looking like an incredible running back at the NFL level. Twenty four for one hundred six. 4.4 and two touchdowns. Yeah. Uh, Kareem Hunt was 10 for 80. Uh, th- th- this is probably where I would criticize the Chiefs is not running the ball a little bit more. It, it, the, the run game is so underrated. Yeah. And I know that run game is not exciting, but damn it, people! <laughs> run the football! I've said this before. The key to a great passing offense is a rushing offense. If you can run the ball, you can do anything you want in the pass game. You I'm have to, to be able to run the ball. I don't know what it was. I just lost it there. I'm sorry. I, I am with you. I am with you. Run the football. And, and, you and cannot you throw this, the ball without running it. This is what's most surprising to me about this game. You look at, you know, 500 total yards for New England, 446 for Kansas City. New England had 173 rushing yards. That is not a formula you see often from them. They are not a team that runs the ball that well, but 173 rushing yards for them and only 94 for Kansas City. When you have Kareem Hunt, you got to rush for 100 yards, but you got to use him more. 10 well, rushes is not enough. Well, and people are going to argue. They're going to like, oh, well, Pat Mahomes threw for 352 and four touchdowns. What are you complaining about? I'm complaining that they still lost the game. Yeah. If yeah. they were running the football, they probably don't lose that game because they keep the ball out of Tom Brady's hands. Exactly. Well, you guys and that's are, where... Oh. And that's what I'm going to take it to now is time of possession. New England had the ball for 36 minutes, Kansas City for just under 24. And that's why, because because New England was able to control the the game with the run game. And you look at like that last touchdown at Kansas City was 12 second drive. One play, 75 yards, Tyree kill touchdown. Great. But like you, you didn't control the game. You had 10 less minutes with the ball because you weren't running it. And that's exactly. where New England controlled no. the game and were able to get the win because they were able to stay on the, ball, on the field longer and limit the firepower of Kansas City, despite the fact they, that they still scored 40 points. No, absolutely. And people are going to go like, well, that's on the Chiefs' defense. We're not stopping the Patriots. No, but if they had just held on to the ball and ran the ball, they wouldn't have given the time that Tom Brady had to do had all game long to score those points. Absolutely. Score all 43 absolutely. of those points. So uh, the Chiefs lost a very winnable game, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, I... I I think this is positive, though, for the Chiefs. I really do. The fact that you went into Foxborough and competed at this level with the the premier team in the AFC, I, I, I don't take this as a loss for Kansas City at all. I actually kind of take this as a win. I think it's a win for both teams. But I, 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 I feel positive about I I think Kansas City proved in an odd way that they are better than New England. Uh, and, and even though they lost, uh, I still think they're better than New England because you look at what they were able to do in 25 minutes on the field, they put up 40 points. I don't know about that, though. I, I, I don't know if I could agree with that. I don't know if I agree with that. And, that. and that's fine. I just That's what I took away from this game is that Kansas City's the better team. And come playoff team, playoff time, I, I think Kansas City is going to be able to beat that, no, because that pa- win this game. I think the Patriots still are the better team here because they still threw the ball 35 times a game, which is what they want to do. They want to throw the football. That's a Patriots offense. It's a Bill Belichick right. offense. They want to throw the football, but they still ran the ball 24 times. Yeah. I mean, they're controlling the clock and throwing the football, which is like the ideal situation for any football team. When you can control the clock and still throw the football in this day and age. And 
they're winning football games doing it. I, I don't know if the Chiefs are better than the Patriots right now. Here's, here's what I would say. They're, they New are England, more explosive. They are more right. explosive, well, but they're not better. New England played the better game. They play, I mean, and that's, I think, just Bill Belichick. He played the right kind of game to limit what the Chiefs could do. But the fact that in 25 minutes they were able to put up 40 points, you see that explosiveness. I think once they figure this stuff out by the end of the season, if they play it again in the week, in the first round of the playoffs, I would take the Chiefs. I, I would feel more confident in the Chiefs just because of the explosiveness that they have and the ability to score points that nobody can stop. The best way you can stop it is just keep them off the field. But you, even when you keep them off the field, they still score 40 points. You know? yeah, see, but, but, just, do you, but do you have confidence in the Chiefs' defense to keep the Patriots' offense off the field? I think they have played better in the last few weeks. Obviously, giving up 43, not ideal. But the, I think the few weeks before this, they played better. And I think uh, they will get better as the season goes. I do. I don't. Barring I, any major I would, injuries. No, nah, the Chiefs defense is far inferior to the Patriots offense. We, I think. Well, any, of course, of course. I'm not. I'm not saying that they're better. I just think that the Chiefs defense is going to get better by the end of the season. I don't think they're going to be great, but I think they're going to do enough. Good, good enough to keep to, the Patriots offense off the field. Good enough to win a 40 point game like this. Uh, good enough to, to flip. But to I don't know if we see that again. Here. I, mean, I, I think I think we do. I hope we see this match. I'm sure, 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 but I don't. I don't know if we see that again though, because I, I mean, know. this we'll was with a weak Chiefs defense, and and Pat Mahomes still exploding. So yeah, we don't, I don't know if we see this one again, and and, and that kind of matchup with Chiefs defense as weak as it is against a very high powered Patriots offense. I don't know if they hold them back. Yeah, it, we we I mean, it'll be. Inter- I hope these teams play again in the end. Of this in the, I get in the worked post, up over the this, over this matchup because it's it's so. Uh, I don't know. Moving on. I mean, these are these are by and far the best two teams in the AFC. So great that we could sure. see them this yeah, early yeah, yeah. in the season yeah. as they're kind of rounding into form um, and, and get and get this matchup. Uh, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, I do want to mention New England zero penalties. That's how you win a game. Control the clock, run Very the ball, and no penalties. Hey, Bill Belichick knows what he's doing. That's for sure. Yeah. All right, so Mitch and I, Mitch mentioned earlier in the podcast, we want to get into a little bit of uh, a segment here uh, called In and Out, like everybody's favorite burger. In and Out, double double, uh, animal style, and you gotta you gotta get the little peppers, the little yellow peppers, and just oh. squirt a little bit on there. Ooh, I'm telling See, you, if you haven't I'm, done that. Go, you got to do it. I'm all about getting the extra packets of spread. You gotta get oh, the extra okay. packets. You load spread. it up with the spread. Yeah, do the fries with the ketchup and the cheese in it. It's, oh, it's incredible. That's where it's at. Incredible, at. incredible. <laughs> okay, so In and Out. Now that you're hungry for In and Out, uh, this game basically how this works is we chose each five teams that we are putting into the playoffs right now. Week six is over. They are locked for the playoffs, and five teams that are out, a hundred percent. There's no way in God's green earth that they make the playoffs. And we're going to talk about some bubble teams within that, but that's, that was the idea behind this. And, and I know we both talked about this earlier off the podcast, but getting the teams out was a lot easier than picking five teams that are going to be in. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was, I was picking my teams out and I mean, literally under a minute. You can, yeah. <laughs> you can make it, you can make a list here. Uh, the teams in, it, it took a little bit, it was a 20 minute process looking over. Okay. Who do I think is going to get in? Who I think is going to get out? I think I got, I think I got a team that might surprise some people. Um, okay. But it, at the same time, I, I think it's very justified. So, okay. We'll all right. What, what do you want to start with in or out? Let, let's start with out. Let's get the okay. boring all stuff right. out all of right. the way. That let's sounds great. Okay. 
So, Mitch, you're five for sure out. They're out. No chance. No chance. Uh, I got the Raiders. I got the Niners. Poor Bay Area. I got the Giants. (laughs) I got the Colts. And I got the Bills. Oh, really? Okay. So, Arizona. Not out. One in five. Well, they're not. So, I I left them off the list. I think they're going to be off. I, I think they'll be off. But I put the Colts out there because I think that a lot of people are going to overestimate them um i think a lot of people put there's a lot of people that put a lot of pressure on andrew luck and think that he can get it done by himself well he can't sorry sorry to break your heart here guys he can't (laughs) they're also one in five Uh, i think the two and four team that i had on there the bills was the bills and um you you know just Nathan peterman (laughs) the tom brady of throwing picks very just a very bad team and so yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I, I'm not high on them at all. Um, when you, especially they're two and four, by the way, by getting almost outscored by double of what they've scored this year. Wow, that's insane. Seventy six to one thirty eight. So, um, yeah, those two wins are the weirdest wins. They're the weirdest wins. Yeah. Well, they had that season, one blowout sure. game, and you know, and all that stuff. Yeah. But. Yeah. Yeah. So I had very so San Francisco, Oakland, New York Giants, Buffalo, and then I put Arizona in mine. One in five, and in the in the NFC, I mean, there's no chance they pass the Rams. There's no chance they get a wild card. I kept Indianapolis out, and here's right. I'm I've been higher on Indianapolis this year than maybe a lot of people. And I know that they're one in five, but they have been competitive all season in the games that they played. And despite the fact being one in five, the leader of their division is three and three. So they're really two games out of the division. Like okay. it's not improbable to win. Maybe they can win the division at eight and eight, nine and seven. Like it's not improbable. I, but they're not getting the why nine I and kept seven. Them in. They're not getting the nine and seven. You say they're going to go eight and two the rest of the year. Probably not, but I, that's why I don't. I'm not. They're not a lock for me, but that's why I kept them out because Arizona. There's no way they win the division. There's no way to get the wild card. Oakland, same thing. Like you look at who's ahead of these teams in their division, and there's clearly a better team ahead of them that's going to prevent them. There's not as clearly a better team in front of Indianapolis to me because Tennessee has looked good at times, but they're three and three. Houston looked better now, but they're three and three. Jacksonville has looked good at times, and they're 3-3. Three and three. So th- there's still some wiggle room there where, you know, Indianapolis could move up. So that's no, why they're a bubble but they, team. But they they're gotta, a bubble they, team. they got to play each of those teams one more time. Yeah. They're not, I, I, don't, I don't think they win either of those games. I, don't, I think, I, they, could, I think I, they could eat beat any of those teams, honestly. No, none because, of them have really looked that good. No, but I think that I think all three of those defenses are way better than the Colts' offense. By, I, by far. By far. I don't know. I, what do you mean you don't know? I don't what know. Do I don't know. Houston, I mean, did the Colts have put up some points this season. They oh, haven't played God. terrible. You're doing the Andrew Luck thing. You're doing the Andrew Luck thing. Yeah, You're putting not, way too much merit on Andrew Luck. I am. I am. Listen, they lost to the Texans earlier this year 34-37. to 37. They put up 34 on Houston. Yeah, but That's a Texas a good defense. defense has been struggling. Right, but you just said it's we just better than the about, We just talked about teams that can turn it around for the rest of the year. You don't think the Texans are someone that can turn it around? Listen, here's what I will say. Here's what I'll say. They're 1-5 right now, right? Great. Their next two games before the bye week are the Bills and the Raiders, two teams they can easily beat. They could sure. go into their bye week 3-5. and five. 
They get out of the bye week, then they play the Jaguars and Titans. Th- that's a shot. You win both those games. Now you're five and five. You've beat both the two division teams. Now you're looking at going into the stretch with possible games to win. You get to play the Texans, the Jaguars. You get to play the Texans, Jaguars again. Dolphins, Cowboys, Giants, Titans. I mean, it's not like they have a terrible schedule. They got the Patriots and the Eagles and the Bengals out of the way already. So it's not improbable. I'm I'm not calling them to win the division by any means. All I am saying is that I didn't I can't take them out completely because they're the only one of the one in five teams that actually have a shot. Look, I'm just gonna say somehow you think Arizona many... has a better shot than explain to me how Arizona has a better shot than the Colts. I never said Arizona doesn't have a better you, shot. But you didn't put them in your bottom five. Because I put the Bills in there because I think the Bills are worse. Right. So you think that Arizona has a better shot of making the playoffs than Indianapolis? No, that's not what I. That, that's not what I'm saying at well, all. Well, then how can you take Indiana? How can you put Indianapolis in your bottom five and not Arizona? What you want to make a T five here? Put Arizona there. If I if I can do a T five, I'll put Arizona right there with. But them. that I mean that's that's why we have the, Colts the five. Are one the five, five are out. The Colts are one in five. How many one in five teams to start the year do you know of that have made the playoffs? I don't know. I'm not saying they're going to make the playoffs. Probably zero. Probably I, zero. I, then you I count never them said out. they're going to make the playoffs. Then count all them out. I am, all then I'm, count well, them out. There's a ton, I could count out 10 teams right now, but we had to do five. My point in putting the five that I did is that any those five teams have the least percentage chance of making the playoffs. There's no way Arizona make the playoffs. There's no way the Niners do. There's no way the Raiders, the Giants, the Bills do. But there is like a 3% chance that the Colts could if everything worked out. Okay, so if, if I'm, if I'm going to go with you on 3% chance that the Colts make the playoffs, they might as well be on my five out. I mean, that's not much more than what Arizona's got chance. Than but that's what I'm saying. Because you didn't put Arizona in there, then that means that you think Arizona has a better shot. No, I don't think Arizona has a better shot. They just didn't make my list. Because I think that's a lock. I think that's a lock. That Arizona is out or that Indianapolis is out? Arizona's out. Well, then they should be in the bottom five. That's what's confusing me. So I, we, do you just want to call them T5 and just sure, have sure. them both as five? Okay. T5. That, T5. That's my issue. That, is that in my head. Dallin. I, I just might Dallin and put T5 <laughs> Arizona Cardinals. I just want to understand it. I just want to, because to me, there's no way that Arizona has a better shot than the Colts do of making I'm not saying spot, anyone so. has a better shot there. That's right? great. That's great. What other border it, teams it, did you have? Because I wrote down two other names of teams that I think maybe like a loss this week, like solidifies it, you know? No, the, the Broncos, if they lose this week, they fall to two and five. I could, I right. could see them being in that position. Um, there's not really anyone else. I, the jets have far outperformed what I thought they were going to do, but three I think three. Yeah. But, not a terrible. But start. I think if they lose this week, uh, they're coming into a tougher part of their schedule. So they, they might, uh, fall off the cliff there per se uh, i mean they're still the but, jets they're not gonna make it <laughs> yeah but I, I think i think if there's any team that's really on the bubble the only one really for me is the broncos yeah me. i i put denver and i put tampa bay because tampa bay has not looked very good and they're two and three right now because they've had the bye but to get to two and four and then to have to play the division that they play in even atlanta who has no defense right now has an offense that can score 40 points any game. And I don't think Tampa can can compete with that. I don't think they can compete with the Panthers or the Saints. So for me, Tampa's like that other team with Denver, like another loss, and I probably could count them out for sure. Uh, But that's kind of like the bottom eight teams, those teams we talked about, both the Bay Area teams, Arizona, Giants, Bills, Colts, Broncos, and 
Tampa Bay is kind of the, the bottom eight for sure teams in the league. So we let, let's talk about the locks. So basically how we're going to do this is we, we, we chose five teams that we would pencil in for the playoffs right now. Basically, I like the way I look at it is like bet money on this team making the playoff now. Like we're, we're going to call it good. And then after we talk about that, we're going to talk about some teams that are like on the edge of the playoff picture kind of right now who we might sneak in. I mean, basically we're talking about like wild card at this case, you know, who maybe those wild card teams would be, who, who is maybe sneaking in as a six seed. Um, and that's kind of how we're, we're going to talk about this. So let's start with the end team. So Mitch, you had to choose five. Who were your five locks? So my five locks, um, it might, might surprise a couple people. Um, I got the Patriots, the Rams, the Ravens, the Saints, and the Panthers. Oh, my Panthers. Yeah. Well, look at you, Mitch. I really think two teams are going to come out of the NFC South again. And, Absolutely. And so one of those teams is obviously going to be a wild card team. But I think that the, the whole conference is really – competitive in a way that it's going to be one of those two NFC South teams. Um, I think the Panthers probably are that wild card team. The Saints are Saints are pretty good offensively. Yeah, so, yeah for sure. Um, but I think the Panthers come in at that wild card team. Um, the Ravens, I think it was another one that might take some people yeah, off guard. I was surprised. Um, they are the most efficient defense in football. Thus far through week six, only 77 points allowed throughout the entire season. Um, have played very well at home, and the majority of their games throughout the rest of the season are going to be at home. They've played four on the road and two at home. So they've, And they've gone four and two. So they're going to set themselves up very nicely to play the, the majority of their games back at home uh, for the rest of the year and have played well enough to put themselves in a good spot. Um, and then the Rams and the Patriots are obviously locks. Right, right. So. Now, I'm surprised that you didn't put Kansas City in this conversation because Kansas City was, like, number two for me. Like, Rams number one, but Kansas City was number two for me at the five and one in the start they've had. Why weren't they, like, a lock for you to make the playoffs? Because I still think the Chargers, as down as I've been on them in the past podcasts, I think that they still... They're four and two. They're four and two. Kansas City's five and one. They're only a game back. They could really make a push here. Kansas uh, and uh, LA's won three of their last, you know, their last three games. So, right. But so that means you think that there's a chance that Kansas City doesn't make the playoffs? Because in my head, I look at the AFC West like the NFC South, where there's going to be two playoff teams in that division, and it's the Chargers and the Chiefs, and they're both going to make it. So they're both kind of locks in my head the way that you look at the NFC South. No, I don't I don't look at it that way because I think there could be two teams out of the AFC North that make it. Yeah, but there can be both. Then there's the playoffs. There's, there's the playoffs. There's the two wildcard teams, you know. What if the Steelers, though, at third place make a playoff spot? So, so that's what I that's what I mean. So that you do think there's a chance that the Kansas City Chiefs, despite the 5-1 start, don't make the playoffs because the AFC is going to get better. And they're sure. going to kind of regress. Sure. I would assume. They'd, ha- they'd have to regress because obviously 5-1 and one is a great start. So they'd have yeah. to regress. Okay. All right. No, sure. Because we saw, we saw it last year. Kansas City started off hot. It's like 6-0 and oh or whatever. They finished up 10-6. Yeah. So, yeah. I sure. Why not? Why not? Okay. All right. All right. I uh, So, yeah, my five were, were Kansas City, the Rams, the Patriots, uh, the Chargers, and the Saints. 
Uh, so I threw the Chargers in there because I am very high on the Chargers. I was before the season. We talked last week uh, about the Chargers at length because I was not worried about them and you made a, a counterpoint to that. And I thought that this Cleveland game would be huge. And then they went to Cleveland and, and just, and just blew out and dominated the Browns, which I thought was a great look for them. And they're four and two now. And, and I, I feel confident about this team and the offense is rolling. The defense is playing better. And I, I, I feel confident in this team as a lock. The way that, like I said, the way you look at the NFC South is how I look at the AFC West. There's going to be two playoff teams out of that division for sure. I think there's a possibility of having two out of the AFC North out of the AFC South possibly, but I think that that those two teams are for sure locks, which is why I put them. I, I, I thought about Carolina a little bit. I, I, I don't feel confident enough in the 3-2 start to be like 100% with that. And I thought about Cincinnati and Baltimore as well. And as great as Baltimore's played, I, I still worry about like Joe Flacco. And I still like there's, they're not sh- solid to me yet. But I think either of those teams, Cincinnati, Carolina, Baltimore, they get a win or two in the next few weeks. I think you could probably pencil them in. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. So, as opposed to the teams that we think are going to be locked, there are teams that we think could possibly get in that we, we're we not quite sure if they have the talent to get in or right. or the it, what it takes to get in. And so we have some on-the-bubble teams. I have three. Dallin has three. Dallin, yeah. why don't you start with your three? Um, okay, so and, and these are, I mean, a lot of these teams, I think it's just like it's early in the season still. So there's a lot of potential here, and it, it depends on how the playoff picture shakes out as the season progresses, because I think there are some teams that we could probably call locks. But um, I put down Minnesota. It's, this is what I did. I put Chicago slash Minnesota, because one of those teams is going to win the division. And I think the other team could have a shot as a wild card depending on how it all shakes out but i don't know and i'm not going to go out on a limb in week seven and predict who's going to win that division but one of those teams is going to win the division i think the other team has a shot at a wild card uh the other two teams i want to mention are tennessee and houston i think i still feel confident in jacksonville and winning the division maybe at like nine and seven now um, depending on how they play the rest of the season. But I think Tennessee and Houston are both good enough teams to maybe get a wild card spot, depending on how it all shakes out. I, I you know, I feel confident in for now, at least in Baltimore and Cincy, so I don't know what kind of wild card opportunity there would be. But I think both those teams could also win the division. So I, I, I think we might just get one team out of the AFC South and it's gonna be who wins the division. I think Tennessee and Houston both have opportunities to do that uh, with the way that Jacksonville's played. So those are kind of the teams that I'm looking at as like border playoffs. So Yeah, I uh I'm on I'm on board with you at my number one bubble team. I got the Bears. Uh okay, yeah. Just because I, I think that that division's really wide open right now. Um the Packers have not looked as good as people have thought they were going to look um shout out to the guy who challenged shout us out. on this game oh yeah shout out to army yeah yeah he, uh, yeah keep these fools honest because <laughs> of our hate for the packers we don't have hate brother but we have doubt we have i have, doubt. I have many doubts we Listen, have many I, doubts uh, y- you beat the niners Eric- by a field goal okay come on don't be out here like you just like blew somebody out <laughs> exactly yeah i mean and, and rogers is the only team you take rogers out of the equation that team sucks yes that they're team very really bad. sucks they're very bad so it yeah i have chicago and i know that's kind of a homer pick but no but i'm, but I'm with in, you yeah but I'm in, with you. in reality chicago really has a 
a legitimate shot to make a playoff team, um, whether it's as a division winner or a wild card. Um, do you feel if you had to put money on it right now? Do you would you feel more confident in them winning the division or winning the wild card? Winning the wild card. Winning okay. the wild yeah, card. Yeah, because I because I'm this. I think Minnesota's still the better team, and I think they'll do enough to win the division. But yeah. now I'm looking at instead of the Packers, like oh Chicago could probably go ten and six and win a wild card. Yeah, so no, I'm kind of with you. Uh, no, yeah. I'm I'm not going to be super shocked if they win the division because of what we've seen. But what especially I think, from Minnesota, and you know, yeah. How but what I think is interesting more, they played. Sure, but what I think is more realistic is that they is that they win the wild card. Okay, cool. Um, then I have the Titans after that for the same reason you do. That that division is right. super close, a lot closer than what people think. Of, I mean, whoa, hey, hey, whoa. Uh, hello, mic drop. <laughs> um, we've uh, we thought that Jacksonville was going to win this division, and and they're not running away with it. In fact, they're third right now in that division, all tied at three and three. Um, so I think the Titans have a real legitimate shot um, to make. Uh, this run in the AFC South. Uh, and then the third one, I think, is going to take you by surprise. Now, I got the Steelers. I got the Steelers. Okay, okay. And, and you can't deny Pittsburgh's success in the past. Um, they've looked a heck of a lot better in the last two weeks. Um, I don't think they'll win the division. I will say that. I think that Cincinnati or Baltimore wins that division, but I think Steeler gets in on a the Steelers get in on a wild card. So okay. that's the that those are the teams I have on the bubble as far as getting into the NFL playoffs. Yeah, you know I am still selling on the Steelers, and I know we talked about this a few weeks ago. Just with the remaining schedule that they have and how tough it is. And how well Baltimore and Cincinnati have played, I don't think we see two wild card teams out of that division. I, I think there's only one because I, I, I think the Chargers are going to go at least ten and six, if not eleven and five, and, and secure one of those wild card spots. So, they, if the Steelers do get it, they're going to either need a regression from Baltimore or Cincinnati, or they're going to have to play out of their minds to get to like ten five and one. Yeah, and that's where I see the Steelers falling out of the playoff conversation if they finish third, because I do think the Steel uh, the Chargers will, Chargers or Steelers or Chargers right. or Chiefs will yeah, yeah, finish. Yeah. In at least a wild card spot. So. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. And I mean, and to get to ten and five and one, which I think is what they'd have to do, they'd have to go seven and three in the last ten games. So, and, and with that schedule that we've highlighted before, that's it's not going to be easy to do. So they they got a lot of work ahead of them. But yeah. I, I, I mean, they looked good and they've looked better now. So at least they're going in the right direction. One team I do want to mention before we get going on this uh, as a team that could miss the playoffs. I put down the Minnesota Vikings. Um, If the Packers catch fire and the bears stay playing the way they do, there is a scenario where the Vikings do miss the playoffs. And so I, I just wanted to mention that I I did do some off the bubble. Yeah. 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 Teams. So I gotcha. I, uh, I just don't feel good about the Packers. Vikings are better team. So I, I think at the end of a season, I think the better teams are going to kind of rise to the top. That's usually what happens. Sure. And so that's why. I, but I don't know. You know, Aaron Rodgers at this point could do anything, and it wouldn't like shock me. So and, who knows? And that's where I had. The, <laughs> that's what I had a hard time doing was counting out Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, that, that's, it, it that, is, that, and that's why I put Vikings on that list. Yeah, it, it is hard to do. It is hard to do. All right, so that's basically what we got for that segment. In and out. Uh, just kind of want to give you that as we're getting closer to the halfway point of the season, we can kind of see things formulate. We have a lot of bubble teams, obviously. That's why we could only put in like five locks, 
but a lot of movement can be had within the middle like 20 teams of the league. So there's a lot to be seen still, and uh, it's exciting to look at some of those teams. So let us now get into my favorite part of every NFL episode, which is our quick picks. Yes, Down, why don't you update us on how that how that season's going for us? Absolutely. Last week, we both did very bad. Uh, six and nine, each of us. It was bad. Uh, it was a rough week. It was a rough week. Uh, so I'm still up by four. Uh, nothing changed on that, but not a good week for either of us. Six and nine. No yeah. bueno. This week we have one less game because we have four teams on the bye. Uh, Seahawks, Steelers, Raiders, Packers, all in a bye week. So we'll have uh, four, one less game that we've had. So 14 games this week. And uh, let's uh, let us begin with the Thursday night matchup, Mitch. So we have the Broncos two and four traveling to Glendale, Arizona, to face the Cardinals at one and five. Not a very fun Thursday night matchup, in my opinion. No, <laughs> um, not not the ideal. I have Arizona actually in this game. I I, I I think they're good enough to kind of pull pull a win out every once in a while. And, and Denver's not a good team, so I I, I got Arizona. Okay. I mean, yeah, this is a matchup where you definitely turn on Dancing with the Stars instead of Thursday Night Football. Um, <laughs> and so I, I'm going to go with Denver here. I think, I think, uh, like like you said, th- these are two not very good teams, and you could really make an argument for both teams. But I, I'm going to go with Denver in this one. I think you could really flip a coin and feel okay with it. So yeah. I'll, I'll go with Denver. Um, following that game. We have a game in London. Early, in London. Early Cheerio. On, cheerio, mate. We, uh, early on Sunday, we have the Tennessee Titans and the Los Angeles Chargers playing in London. I've got the Chargers in this one. Um, they've looked really good. Melvin Gordon has looked like a beast throughout yes. this entire year. He, so, he had a stellar game against Cleveland. Yes. And so I, I am taking the Chargers against Tennessee in London, um, even though – the Chargers have a little bit more hour difference as far as lag goes. Traveling over to London to play a football game, yeah. Um, I, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with L.A. So they actually, since they played in Cleveland last week, they actually stayed in Cleveland. They didn't go back to L.A. Obviously, because it would have gone from Cleveland to L.A. to London, which would have made any sense. So sure. they stayed in Cleveland, practiced around there this week, and then on Thursday they will leave for London. So they'll, they'll have about the same lag, I guess, as Tennessee, because they didn't end up going back to the West Coast, right, uh, which I, right. which was smart by them. Uh, I have I have the Chargers in this game as well. I think the Chargers are just a better team. Uh, great matchup. We have a top-five offense versus a top-five defense. So that's pretty good. The, the, the London slate of games this year, I mean, typically in the past, we haven't had some very fun matchups, but you know, we had Oakland and in 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 Seattle last week, which did end up being a good game, but was at least a decent, should have been a decent matchup. And I I think we have a good one this week as well. Absolutely. Next game, a tough, a tough matchup after the loss for Chicago last week, they get new England at home in soldier field. This is going to be a tough one, a very tough matchup for the bears. I have new England winning this game. If the bears pull this off, that would be a huge resume win for them. Uh, to beat New England at home, but I, I think New England's a better team. I, I think they'll take care of this. It looks wrong. It sounds wrong. It smells wrong. It tastes wrong, but it feels so right. Bears. <laughs> Are you going to pick the Bears on like every matchup this year? Yes, absolutely. I will take the Bears over okay. New England. Um, cool. All right. I'm a diehard fan. Um, yeah, like I said, 
everything points wrong for right, this game. Right, right. But I'm a loyalist. I have to stick with my boys. I love um, it. I'm going with the Bears in this one. At home, at home. Soldier yeah, Field. At home. That helps. That Soldier definitely helps. Soldier Field's a tough place to play. Yeah. I will I will I will give them that. So, you know, yeah, maybe they yeah. uh, pull that one off. Trubisky I, I has think... looked really comfortable the last few weeks throwing the football. A lot more confidence out of Mitch Trubisky. That defense, they had a down week against Miami last week. Um they, they kind of showed their immaturity. Um, because they're still a very young defense, but I think that this team is going to be this defense is for real. Um I'm gonna take Chicago in a close game. Yeah, yeah. in a close I, game. You know, I think it's gonna be a close game too. I don't. I don't think New England's gonna blow them out or anything. Yeah. Uh, so it'll be a fun. Uh, hopefully, I get to watch that game on my TV because that'll be fun to watch. Um. All right. Next game: Buffalo at Indianapolis. Garbage game of the week. Actually, let me let me just before I crown this the garbage game of the week. Let me look at every other. Yep. Yep. Garbage game of the week, officially. This is just this is just hot garbage. Straight hot garbage. You're a garbage person. Yeah, garbage game of the week. Bills at Colts. I have Indianapolis in this game because uh, I think they're the better team. And the Bills are starting Derek Anderson. So need I say more? Andrew Luck at home. Um, I have, yeah, I have Andrew Luck at home as well. I have Indianapolis taking over Buffalo. Uh, beating Buffalo. Not more, not much more else I could talk about that. I mean, nope. it's just it's pretty <laughs> bad game. Garbage game of the yeah. week. Yeah. Um, following that game, we have Houston traveling to where are they going, Dallin? To the swamps of Jacksonville. They're going to the swamps of Jacksonville. <laughs> and they're taking on the Jacksonville Jaguars. I have the Jaguars getting off the schneid. They're beating Houston at home. Um, they have to win at some point, right? They have yeah. they have to get off this this streak that they're on. I know this is a better team than what they've played the last few weeks, and I think a lot of people know that. And so I think that Jacksonville is poised to get off the Schneid at home against Houston. You know, I I am right there with you. I have Jacksonville at home. I just think this is a game that they can't afford to lose. Honestly, it's really what it just comes down to. You know. It's a game they can't afford to lose. They need to win this one. I think this is a must win for both teams. I, I think a win here for sure. Houston is huge. One in the divisional, you know, you get that win against a team that you could have to have a tiebreaker against at the end of the season. But also just for their confidence. After going 0-3 and winning their next three games, a win here is huge. But I, I think Jacksonville rebounds, like you said, wins at home. When you come to the swamps, it's a tough game. That's yeah, all you know. the swamps yeah. are always tough. The All right, stick, tough. the swamps are tough. Sticking in the state of Florida, we got the Detroit Lions coming off a of bye, traveling down to Miami, South Beach, to play the Dolphins. I have Detroit in this game. Miami is somehow four and two with Brock Osweiler starting last week. What a weird, what a weird team! But I don't believe in them. I think the Lions are actually pretty decent. So I got Detroit on on the road. Yeah, I originally had picked Miami, um, but I'm going to switch my pick over to Detroit. Um, I I just I think I went with the home bias here, uh, just because Detroit's coming and playing in a completely different environment in Miami. Um, yeah. But Brock Osweiler is under center for him. Can is he still it? starting this week? I don't know if he's still starting. But I don't he, know, but you know what? if he is, 
It's not like Tannehill's much better. Tan- well, Tannehill's way better than Brock Osweiler. Like, let's Wait, be honest. But not enough to sway. In my head, not enough to sway them winning, sure. I guess, beating maybe, Detroit. Maybe, not, but yeah, maybe yeah, yeah. not enough to change your opinion on this game. But but yes, better than Brock Osweiler. For um, sure. I'm, you know what, no, I'm going to stick with Miami at home. I'm going to stick with Miami at home. Okay. All right. Detroit favored by two and a half points on the road in okay. Miami. So, so that's, that's maybe, pretty Maybe my upset. That's pretty maybe significant. Maybe my upset here. It would be. It would be. Yeah. Right now, uh, injury report says Tannehill is out. Uh, so I'm assuming. Yeah. Looks like he'll still be out this week. Yeah. So, that's gonna be tough. Not, not not good news. Not good news for them. Yeah. Um. Anyway, we got uh, Minnesota. They're traveling to the Big Apple. Take on the New York Jets. I have Minnesota on the road here. I think they got to pull it out at some point. They have to be able to play well defensively. Uh, against a pretty anemic New York Jets defense. I know Isaiah Crowell has, or not Isaiah, yeah, Isaiah Crowell has rushed fairly well over the last few weeks, and Bilal Powell's been a, a serviceable backup. Robbie Anderson's been boom bust. Sam Darnold's been suspect. Um, I have the far superior Minnesota defense taking on uh, the New York Jets offense in New York. Yeah, yeah, I, I think, I think, this is easy for me. Vikings winning this game. Jets are sixth in the NFL in rushing offense. So yeah, they've rushed the ball well. Uh, that they they run the ball, which is what you need when you have a rookie quarterback. Is a good running game, and I I don't think Darnold has looked bad. I think he's looked pretty pretty decent. You know, not bad for a rookie, especially with the uh, the team that he has around him. So yeah. All right, next game, my Carolina Panthers travel into Lincoln Financial Field to take on the Phil- defending champion Philadelphia Eagles, Mitch. I am not as confident in my team as you are. I have the, I have Philly in this game. I have the, I have the Eagles. Um, I, I think this would be a close game. I think this is a game the Panthers can definitely win. Uh, I, but I, I, I like what Philly did last week. Philly played a really good game. Uh, the Panthers did not. Lost to Washington. So I, I'm going to go Philly in this game. Yeah, I, I took Carolina on the road. Um, oh. Thank you. So, yeah, I know. I hope you're right. I hope, this will be I, the one time I hope that your pick was correct. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I and I think what it is is that Carolina's defense is very good. Philly's offense has been a little bit suspect. Um, Carolina's offense is not all that solid, and Philly's defense has been very middle of the road. So I'm gonna I'm gonna make a specific score call here. Um, I am calling sixteen thirteen. Carolina. I think that's a uh, that's a that's the type of game we're going to see. Like probably under maybe 20 to 17, you know, like that's probably the max as far as points scored here. Sure. Yeah. It's going to be no, an ugly game. It's going to be ugly and it's going to be close. Well, and here's the one thing I will say. Uh the in a tight ugly game like that, you need a run game. And what Philly doesn't have is a good running back because JHI is out. The Panthers are 10th in the NFL in rushing offense, and they can definitely just keep the ball on the ground and, and win a tough, ugly game like this. That's what they do have in their favor. But uh, I don't know. I, I, I'm still feeling Philly, but I, 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 like I said, I, I want Carolina to win. I think this is a game they can win. Um, I'm just going to take Philly at home. Following that game, we have the Cleveland Browns traveling to the state of Florida. Once Another again, Florida home game. Look Another at that. Florida all three. Game. All three teams playing at home. They're taking on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I have Cleveland in this game. Um, I think Cleveland is going to be a team that is going to be just under 500. 
and I think that they're going to take advantage of a of a really confused Tampa Bay Buccaneers team. So I'm going to yeah, absolutely. I'm going, I'm going to go with Cleveland on the road. I have no confidence in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers whatsoever. I, I don't know what to think of their team. I, I have Cleveland on the road here. Cleveland's obviously the better team, so they they need to win this game. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's get out of Florida. Let's go up to Maryland. We've got a great, great matchup. New good, Orleans Saints good game. Yes. versus the Baltimore Ravens. Now, the Saints have been one of the best offenses in the league. Baltimore, one of the best defense. First in defense for Baltimore. The Saints are actually ranked only 19th in offense, but actually 7th in defense somehow. Huh. Which is, which is strange. Uh, Baltimore's offense is also ranked 7th. So this team has been a very, very good team. I think this could be a great matchup. Uh, I have Baltimore at home. Mainly what swung it for me was was the home field advantage there. Uh, having the game at home swung it to me. Baltimore wins it at home. Yeah, I, I have Baltimore at home as well. Um, oh, look at that. I think that, on and honestly, the home factor didn't play that much of a, you know, it didn't play that much of a difference for me. But uh, I think Baltimore's defense is better than New England or better than new orleans offense really okay okay so i i that's that's partially why i took uh baltimore's defense over new england's or new orleans i keep saying new england my goodness <laughs> new orleans offense uh um, right baltimore at home baltimore at home yeah all right following that we have your favorite childhood game cowboys versus indians we have the dallas cowboys traveling to the capital of the united states the Washington, D.C., they're taking on the Washington Redskins. I have Washington at home. Oh, okay, okay. And I really think that Washington's going to play well at home. Um, this is a team that has been very mediocre throughout the, throughout the first six games of the year. Um, and I think that against a very mediocre Dallas team, they, they have a chance to really put themselves above the rest of that division. They're actually leading the division, by the way. They're 3-2. Right and now, 3-2. 3-2, um, yeah, because they had the bye. It's looking so. more and more likely, like, you might have a tattoo on your left butt cheek, Dallin. Bro, I ho- I have ca- I have the Cowboys in this game. I need Washington to lose a freaking game, man. I ain't trying to get no tattoo on my butt. Hey, 2-1 on at home is the Redskins. The Cowboys are 0-3 on the road. I just want to point that they, out. I, I, I'm picking the Cowboys based on momentum last week. They won a huge game against Jacksonville. Yeah, and I know Jacksonville looked bad, but that could do a whole lot for confidence of a team. And the Washington hasn't looked great this year, but they've looked good. And so, I don't know. I'll take Dallas on the road. I'll take Redskins because I, I want that tattoo on your butt cheek. I, I do not. You're the only one who does. Yeah. <laughs> okay. We have a West Coast matchup, the Rams. Traveling up to the Bay to take on the Niners at the brand new stadium. Rams win this by 21 points. Rams win this by 24. Okay, look at that. Yeah. Anyway, after that, was that was a quick one. Uh, yeah. We got Cincinnati. They're traveling to Kansas City. Um, probably going to be a closer game than people imagine. Um, I do have Kansas City winning this game. Um, I have them winning it by six. Okay. Okay. I have them winning thirty three twenty seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Thirty four twenty four. Kansas City. I I think this is gonna be a good another good Sunday night matchup. I mean, we had Kansas City New England yes. last week. This week, Kansas City Cincinnati, who's been surprising this year. 
So, yeah, I think it's going to be a good game. But, yeah, 34-24, final score. Kansas City makes a push at the end of the game, extends the lead, and and, and calls it good. But And I, back-to-back Sunday night football appearances for the, San, for the Kansas yeah, City Chiefs. For, for the so. Chiefs. After following a Monday night game. So they had three primetime games in the last three weeks. Yeah. They're, they're, I mean, Patrick Mahomes is must-see TV. So it's, it's good. Absolutely. Fine by me. <laughs> yeah. All right. And then, finally, the Monday night game. Uh, this was almost the garbage game of the week. The only reason why I, I didn't want to put it in here is because Atlanta's offense is at least exciting and Saquon Barkley is exciting. So not as garbage as Bill's Colts. But we have the Giants going to Mercedes-Benz Stadium Arena. I don't know what they, uh, what they call that. But the, 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 the football field in which the Atlanta Falcons play uh, for this Monday night matchup. And I have Atlanta at home. Uh, I think it's going to be an ugly game. Atlanta probably wins like 31 to like 17 or something. Yeah, I have Atlanta 34-17. Um, oh, yeah, so there you go. <laughs> yeah, it's going to yeah. be ugly. But Saquon, look, to have, look for him to have another productive game. I think he's going to be productive regardless. But I, and, and I know we talked about Kyle Lauletta earlier in the pod, but I think post-bye week is when we we'll, would see him. I, I don't think they'll put him in before that. But, sure. But they have two more games in a bye week, I think – Eight games left in the season. If they're going to make a change of quarterback. I think that's the time to do it. So, yeah. For now, we'll stick with uh, mediocre Eli. <laughs> I guess so. That's what we got. <laughs> yeah. All right. And that is our quick picks for the week, guys. We'll keep you updated on those as always as we have the uh, competition a rolling through six weeks. Yeah, that's right. All right, Mitch. I think that's about it, right? That. That's it, man. That's all she wrote. But we have a whole another episode coming up here pretty quick. Absolutely. Two episodes this week, the NBA award predictions episode, uh, as the NBA season started last night on Tuesday with, uh, Boston and Philly and Golden State and OKC and opening day for most, most of the NBA today on Wednesday. And yeah, so we're going to keep talking NBA, you know, looking forward to this NBA season. It's going to be a lot of fun. That's right. Yep. We're going to be doing that. If you haven't listened to the middle part of this show, Go back and listen to it. But if you're not going to go back and listen to it, I'm going to tell you anyway. Go follow us on our socials. That is the in- that's the Instagram page at the Sports Hour Guys. The Twitter page that is Sports Hour Guys. Go like our Facebook page at the Sports Hour with Mitch and the Mormon. You can listen to us anywhere that you can listen to your podcast. That's Spotify. That's Apple Podcasts. That's Simplecast. That's Stitcher. Any one of the apps. Um, get on the socials, comment, tell us we suck. That's the only way we can get better. Yeah. And if you want a shout out on the pod, you just have to like do something like army, you know, and then, and then you'll get on the pod. Yeah, so exactly. call, call us out for saying something. Yeah. No, we appreciate the listens. Make sure to leave us a rating and a comment on Apple podcasts, wherever you listen. We appreciate that greatly. Share with your friends. We, 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 we love our, our new listeners. So if this is the first episode you've listened to, welcome to the Sports Hour. We appreciate yeah. you being here with us. Absolutely. All right. That's all we got. We will catch you next week. See ya. See ya.